Welcome back, Rebels. Welcome back. Uh, if you're listening to this right now, you are part of something. I think that this is something that I I, I struggle with with podcasts. When I listen to, for example, one of my favourite podcasts, the Adam Buxton podcast, I know that at the same time there are thousands of people listening to it and I'm a part of that group. I don't feel like a part of that group because I don't ever come yeah. in contact with all of those thousands of listeners. You'll only find another listener if you happen to mention it when you meet a real person and you're like, oh, this is a podcast I listen to. And then they might be like, oh, I also listen to that as well. Uh, I think there's a lot said for having events and having things that bring people together to allow those people to connect. Because I feel like if you're at a party or well, no one's been at a party for a long time, but if you're at a a gathering or something and you meet someone some naughty people (laughs) um but yeah if you meet someone and you do have that thing in common like i remember being at a party once like years ago now but i remember someone next to me saying something that i was like oh that's a niche reference and i was like what kind of music did you used to listen to growing up and he was like oh bands like this and this and this and i was like oh my god me too and instantly there was a bond there and since then there's now been a good friendship formed and I think as soon as you can get people together that have that common interest, then those people are going to get along and a community can start to form. Yeah, I think so. And a lot of our listeners, if you're listening to this right now, you may have been recommended this podcast by a friend because that is that is how it happens a lot. But a lot of you have just stumbled across us by accident. And we know just from the DMs that we get that a lot of you do feel um, kind of lonely in that you this is kind of your voice of reason in that, oh, actually, I'm not the only one um, going through this shit. Um, and so we're going to get a bunch of people who are going through this shit and we're going to put them all in a Zoom room and uh, we're going to be hanging out with you guys on the 10th of November at 7pm UK time. So yes, yeah, so if you haven't signed up to that already, you can go to creativerebels.co forward slash access. Uh, there's like a little form on there. If you fill that in, then as soon as it gets nearer to the date, we'll send out all the details about what's going to happen in it, where it's going to be. And yeah, we would love for you to get involved. So that's creativerebels.co forward slash access if you've not signed up already. In the past week since we've launched it, we've had loads of signups. So it'll be really great to see more of you come and join on on this week as well. Yeah, absolutely. Bring your questions. You can ask us absolutely anything. It's not going to be, uh, there might, there, we, we're probably going to start off with the theme, but it's not going to then continue down that theme. We can go, yeah. we can jump all over. So if there's anything that is um, burning you away at the moment, then uh, then you can uh, bring that along. Obviously, a big portion of our listeners are in the UK. And currently we are in our first day of the UK's second lockdown. And so this is going to be a really challenging time. I've seen a lot online of of people who, it's really sad actually, people who are really worried about going into this second lockdown phase because they had such a struggle during the first yeah. one. Um, and there there's concerns about mental health and, and all of this sort of stuff. So um, I think... I mean, every every single person is unique and different and every single person has their own unique challenges that they are struggling through in their own life. But I think what I wanted to do with this intro is as well as doing the access event, so that's that's kind of something where we're going to be... It's, it's somewhere for you to come and hang out. If you feel like you've not really got anywhere to hang out, you have at least got one event coming up that you're going to be able to go to. Um, so sign up for access. Um, but also like some of the things that that worked well for us during the first lockdown um hopefully those will help a bunch of people going into this second phase 
I think it's definitely worth coming along to it. And I think it will be a good start to this second lockdown. Uh, hopefully give some people some ideas of what they can do going forward. And I think someone who's given me loads of ideas is this week's guest who really made the most of the last lockdown, like to a crazy degree. Yeah, this is unprecedented for us. Like we have never had on a guest before that has only been going for six months. Like that is yeah. unheard of. And because we're all about bringing the most value. So we are always trying to get on guests who have like loads to tell you. And most often that is people who've been at their career for like 10 plus years. William has been making videos on the internet for six months, but it's gone so <laughs> insanely crazy. And I think there's so much to learn from that. And the fact that this is a career born of lockdown, that is fucking inspiring. Like he just used that time where he was furloughed, he couldn't really do much. And rather than just like vegging out or doing whatever, he decided like to do something proactive and it has exploded. Yeah, for everyone who's kind of wondering whether it's too late to get started, whether Instagram's a platform that you can't get started on anymore, this is someone who, yeah, literally put their first video out in March and now has a huge subscriber base and already has brand deals coming his way. Like it shows that good things can happen if you're providing really good content that's entertaining people. Yeah, I mean, I've been preaching about reels um, for weeks on this show about how like powerful they are. But then, then again, it's about the content. Will, Will's not using reels. He's using IGTV, which I don't know how much organic reach um, Instagram is giving that. It's not their focus at the moment because they're really pushing reels. Yeah. But like, it's it's good content, so it's working. I mean, there's everyone moans about the algorithm but i mean really the algorithm can't control if someone really likes it if they see it and then they share it with a friend and like that's how you grow is like your content is so good that people share it around that's that's regardless of an algorithm you're going to be successful if that happens so i think like going into this next lockdown it's really important to think like what are you going to do with this time like how are you going to spend it is it worth setting up an action plan like you know it's going to happen now it's going to be for at least a month they've told us it's going to be a month but who knows whether it will go longer so what are you going to do with the next month like how are you going to structure your weeks to allow you to be productive to help push, help you push yourself further forward like if you've if you've been looking for the extra bit of time we've said it before on the first lockdown we've got it again like you've got a bit more time to be able to go out and do this so what what is it you're going to do with this next month? How are you going to structure your days to give yourself that extra little bit of creativity? And for anyone listening to this who is currently in a job they don't enjoy and they're not currently following a, a certain creative endeavor, they might not have kind of quote unquote found your passion yet. It's important to realize that you're not necessarily going to find it by just picking up a paintbrush, by picking up a thing you've never done before. It's, But it's the process of making a start on something which is going to help you get there i think like for example if you decide okay i'm going to go and buy a watercolor kit and for the next couple of weeks i'm going to be being a bit more creative trying some watercolors out you might not get good at the watercolors you might not enjoy doing the watercolors but actually whilst doing that you might realize that it's the actual practice of sat, being sat down quiet on your own for a certain amount of time which is what you enjoy and it's really noticing those things. And I think that's what's really important to take from this. It's not just, I'm going to go and become a good watercolor painter in the next four weeks, however long. It's, what can I learn about myself by doing these things? And I think that's where Will like, really, really like, succeeded. And by looking at his account, I think you would think that 
the thing he was most interested in would be food because it's a it's effectively a cooking show but it's it's not his most passionate thing like he's actually most interested about making creative videos yeah it's it's uh it's very interesting um with with the watercolor thing it's like just just watercolor alone like you may start filming your watercolor paintings and then get obsessed with film like like will has with doing his cooking um you might get obsessed with paper and then start making your own paper but it's 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 about taking that first step in the journey then you taste a load of different things especially if you're will then you actually do taste different things but (laughs) but like you you try all of this stuff and then you start to develop a passion just see like be open and see where the path is going to take you and i think a really good thing to do is is examine your last lockdown and and realize like where where you went wrong where you made mistakes in that because i've got friends that i've spoken to that are so scared about going into the second lockdown because they know how destructive they were in the first lockdown and it's like if you recognize that then then put in the practices that are going to stop that from happening so like if you know you just spent the whole time gaming unplug the xbox just unplug it so sell, so you sell just your xbox <laughs> sell your xbox yeah but i mean so just by having that bit of resistance it's like if i have to plug it in in order to play it then that's much more of a conscious decision than just kind of quickly mm-hmm. flicking the switch and going and and i just think if you regret the time spent during the lockdown for fuck's sake don't make those same mistakes again it's like you know you want to be more productive you know that you have this like burning inside of you it's just getting over that first hurdle of actually starting as soon as you actually start man like seriously you can like allow yourself to get obsessed with something that is going to be that that might be xbox that might be video games if you decide i'm going to start my twitch streaming and i'm going to become a a big gamer then like know that that's like a three to five year path of becoming a master at the game getting across your personality because there's always that side of that's why gamers become big and like and start working on that but like but find something don't let it be like if it is netflix are you going to be reviewing all of the the netflix series like like find something whatever it is and do something positive out of it rather than something that you know is destructive that is basically like crushing your creativity yeah it comes down to that thing i said a few weeks ago which again i just i just love it so much is for every piece of content you consume what two pieces are you going to make from that and being like okay well if i am going to sit and watch netflix what can i produce from watching this netflix show that's actually going to benefit me so yeah going into this lockdown of being like well if I'm going to do this, then this is going to happen. Like having those rules going into it with every time I do this, this happens. And it's that's going to lead to much more success. And you can look back at the time then and be proud because you've achieved what you set out to do in the start. As soon as you set set rules and then achieve them, there's a level of kind of like pride, the fact that you did manage to live up to what you what you promised yourself. It's like with New Year's resolutions when people say, oh, I'm going to do this, then if you don't do it, you just feel let down. Whereas actually, if you went the whole year, if you've ever gone a whole year and actually met your resolutions, you will be so proud of yourself for what you achieved in that time period. It's so funny. I actually did get something from Netflix recently. So um, yeah. yeah, I've been watching The Queen's Gambit. I don't know if you've seen that. It's, um, no, I've not heard of it. Uh, it's amazing. Um, it's about a, a young kid who just becomes like a chess prodigy very okay. very very interesting is it a doc is it a drama or it's real? a drama yeah and it's it's okay. um it's fiction but it is phenomenal and 
one of the things that happens in that is there's two characters talking about becoming like a, a grandmaster in chess and one of one of the and it's, it's basically about the the process over the destination and the one character says uh, I'm, i want to be like the world champion by the time i'm 16 and the other character says well then what and the other yeah. character like they have no idea then what because everything is around that that pinnacle of this one thing that you want to get to and that that really hit me and um that that i wrote notes about it and i was like oh that's a piece of content and now it's found its way into our our intro so it's it's about the process it's not about the the end goal because when you do achieve that end goal then then where do you go from there and i think as humans we need to be consistently making these new goals um otherwise yeah otherwise then then what's the point yeah that falls really nicely with um simon sinek's latest book the infinite game because that really talks about how yeah you don't have finite goals of like i want to achieve this because then when you achieve it then what it's a game that you're constantly playing forever because it's never going to end so by setting a goal that's so monumental that you probably won't achieve it in your lifetime and you're basically setting yourself up or your business up so when you're dead it can continue to continue to try and succeed in that and then generations and generations can pass always trying to lead towards this same goal i think having that kind of mindset is so much stronger than just having this little thing where yeah once you've achieved it then what yeah it's always having that goal where you're you're pushing and pushing forward a hundred percent but you can't play the game unless you press start first so exactly. we need you to all press start. So this is um, this is the last intro that we're going to be doing before our access event. So you're not going to get any more reminders, listeners, to uh, go to creativerebels.co forward slash access to sign up for our little Zoom hangout. Um, so go and do that now. Otherwise, you'll forget and then you'll kick yourself next week when we tell you how great it was. <laughs> well, we've talked about them already in this intro, but let's get into this week's episode with Will. Yes, indeed. Will Hughes, aka What Willie Cook, is an internet food man. Self-professed, I stole that from him. Is an internet food <laughs> man. He started making videos at the beginning of the UK's first Corona lockdown. These videos have been hugely popular, attracting a huge following as well as brand deals and collaborations. Will makes recipes that are accessible, but it's his video style that makes them must-see. In this episode, we talk about delicious treats, blocking out the haters, and making videos. Yummy obviously very grateful that people do follow me but the only reason that people do follow me is because they find the videos educational yes but also entertaining and i would say that there's probably a good portion of the people that follow me that don't actually give a shit about the food at all hi will hello hello adam and davis welcome to the show dude uh did you go to culinary school will i did not no um because i went to just normal school and then Normal, boring university. I did film and television at Uni of Nottingham. I thought, oh, okay, Nottingham, that's a good university. So I applied for that. Turns out that is probably one of the only entirely theory-based uh, film courses oh, no. in, the, in, in the country. So <laughs> I, there was no, not really any creativity, not really any practical filmmaking. Um, and I sort of, first year spent the whole time just smoking just doing what everyone does really and not just screwing about and really do anything second year it got a little bit better it was a bit more fun and then third year I realized that I had probably wasted a good three years of my life 
in terms of academia. Great time with like friends and everything. Had a lovely like learn how to do the washing up. What was it about film that made you want to go into that? I've always kind of not been very good academically, not because I'm I'm I lack intelligence probably, but more because I lack wanting to do hard work. You know, I think a lot of people have that and and yeah, I mean, the only thing that I really, before going to uni, the only thing that I was like massively obsessed with was like British comedy films. Like I'm that annoying person that you'll sit down and watch a film with and I'll go, oh, he was really good in this. And the person I'm watching the film has obviously never seen that. Like, and just kind of just film knowledge and stuff. So I kind of like, okay, well, clearly that's something that is ingraining itself into my head without me really putting a lot of effort into that happening. So I was kind of like, okay, what do I want to do at uni? Not that I don't know if I have to go to uni, but I kind of want to, what do I want to do? So I was kind of like, okay, film. So at school, were you always kind of like the funny kid? People would laugh at me, sometimes with me. Um, <laughs> so yeah, no, I guess I kind of just, I wasn't, um, yeah, maybe. I, d- I didn't really, I just didn't really... I, I, I don't think I've got like ADD or anything, but I was just really bad at, I couldn't focus or concentrate in, in a lot of lessons. And, you know, I think that there's probably a lot of kids that, that have that. So I just, I would probably just piss about. I'd say probably 50% of people thought, oh, what a twat, because he's just disruptive. And and then the other 50% thought, oh, okay, we like Will. But I don't know. I, I Yeah, I wasn't very, um I wasn't very good at concentrating and, and being quiet. What are your favourite um, British comedies? Oh fuck, uh, Brass Eye, um, the the Armando Iannucci shows. I'm a big fan of. Um, I'm a big fan of a lot of Matt Berry stuff as well. And I get a lot of people saying like, "Oh, you're just ripping off Matt Berry in your voiceovers," um, which I find. Well, clearly, I'm very inspired, but like, I, I'm you can't imitate Matt Berry. No, so. Uh, you know what I mean like it's not also I feel like that's just a massive compliment because he's got such a great yeah. unique voice that if you yeah, can exactly. kind of bring that across in some way then amazing yeah and I think uh, with the the voiceover thing like and the influences of from British comedy as well the, the original sort of set of 10 videos maybe that I did I was literally just doing the Brian Butterfield voice yeah um, from the Peter Serafonovich show and uh, like that voice and I still get people commenting now saying that that's the voice I'm doing, but I've really made a proper effort to try and like make it. It's just what I would think of as a good voice to do like a Marks and, you know, when they had those really sexualized Marks and Spencer's adverts. Yeah. That's it. That's, that's the voice. Like I noticed when going, like when going through your videos, like, um, because like you've, I, I put a lot of like research time into our guests and like, because your career is like relatively new, there wasn't much yeah. to research. So I just watched all your fucking videos and <laughs> it was really interesting to see that the, the transformation from when you first started where the voice was a lot more hammy and it was a lot more over yeah. the top to now where the voice kind of, it does sound like you. Um, yeah, yeah. But like being silly, but at the same time, like it is a lot more you and it's a lot less silly than the first ones were. Yeah, yeah. And and so I suppose the more content you do, the more you're kind of finding your your balance of what you feel comfortable with. 
Yeah, I mean, not to sound like a cliche, but I'm finding my voice kind of like that. Yeah. Is, yeah. That is literally what it is. And I think now it there really isn't. I think people just expect me to not talk as much like that voiceover, but it's actually not, it's not massively dissimilar. Like I've kind of, I think, you know, I've, I've, I have a voice and I, and I use it kind of like, it just, it's not, it's not so far removed from the, the, the voiceover voice like now, whereas before it was obviously just completely taking the piss and doing Brian Butterfield. So, you know, that, that was yeah. like, that was just, an, I was just kind of like, oh yeah, how funny would it be if I did a cooking video and then just did the Brian Butterfield voice and then that was funny for about three days. And then so I, and then I was kind of like, ah, oh, okay, people kind of are enjoying the videos. So if this does go anywhere and I'm just copying Brian Butterfield, then I that's probably not a good thing. So yeah. I was just kind of like, okay, well, I'll try and make it somewhere. But you can't... I've since worked out you can't fucking please anyone because then every fucker's going, oh, you sound, oh, you do Matt Berry, oh, you're a poor man's Matt Berry. And it's just like, do you know what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just doing my thing. So going back to January then, when you decided yeah. to kind of make that account and post your first video, what was kind of going through your head at that point that made you think, actually, this is something that I want to start doing? Well, so January, January is when I set up the account, but I didn't actually make any videos. And the first video that I did was right at the start of lockdown. So literally the day before Boris went on telly and was like, oh, we're in a lockdown or whatever. Um, that was the day that me and my housemate filmed me making this Bourbon bourbon milkshake, um, which was really, really horrible. But I re- I, what I wanted to do was just see if I could... He gave me a copy of Final Cut um, just to just sort of play around with. And I just wanted to see if I could edit the video and yeah. then I could. So I just, so that was, that was that. Like That's so interesting that it was more about like editing than it was about food. Because mm. mm. looking at your account, mm. I would think like it came from a love of food. Yeah. But obviously through yeah. talking to you, it, it very much like present within that and probably like an equal yeah. share yeah. is the love of film and the ability yeah. to start. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, I, it's 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 strange because the edit the, being interested in the editing side of things has has literally just come because I've not been watching YouTube video. What is it when people say there's different types of learners? Yeah. There's like yeah. oral learners, visual learners. If someone sits next to me and teaches me how to do something, I will not. I can't. It yeah. won't go in. Yeah. I, the only way that I and it's actually really quite shit because the only way that I can learn how to do something is to spend ages doing yeah. it a yeah. lot of the time. And so with this, it's kind of like, you know, the first, the editing isn't so great in in the in the earlier videos. And I mean, the editing now isn't even uh, like that amazing anyway, but it's kind of because I've found my own style of editing yeah. Yeah. by just doing it myself. And I, I was working at this post-production company and I was kind of like, I didn't really know. I wanted to work in production and I ended up getting this job working in post-production. And as I said, like everyone was lovely. It was a really nice place to work, but I wasn't, my heart wasn't set on post-production. And so when I, they were saying, you know, do you want to learn how to edit a bit? At first I was kind of like, no, I think I'll be a producer. And then I found out that being a producer is just quite a lot of maths 
So I was like, uh, I don't really want to do that either. And then I was just kind of like, oh, I don't really know where this is where this is going. And then the lockdown happened and then I made that video and then I made two or three or four more videos and then Mob Kitchen got in contact with me. Um, and I didn't think, oh yeah, I'm going to do this as a career at all until probably about, uh, I mean, maybe like a month ago because I was doing these videos and stuff and I was start starting to get like brand interest or whatever. But the way I'm doing it, I'm kind of quite keen to not fall into this influencer bracket and just promoting stuff for the sake yeah. of it. But like, yeah. that's that unfortunately at, at this stage is probably the, the best way of monetizing it. And now I have taken the plunge and gone full time. I'm hoping that people that follow me aren't going to see like, oh, he's done that. You know, I've done a couple of things for Morrison's already and I don't think people were too pissed off about that but i don't want people to think oh he's being a sellout it's just like i've just set this up as as a proper business now and and i need to make money otherwise i can't afford to live so yeah i i, th I think people are, st are gradually kind of coming around to understanding that in order for us to keep creating the content that you love we have to pay our fucking rent yeah at exactly. the end of the day yeah. and it's like exactly. if a morrison's it is going to step in and do that then you should be fucking applaud like for me whenever i see a, an ad on someone's instagram account that, that i follow like and respect i make sure that i like and comment it because i know yeah. that that helps yeah. and i yeah, know that, sure. that that goes towards them getting more brand deals which means that i get to enjoy more of their content because it keeps them i think it is really important isn't it to work out like stuff has to be paid for like if you're going to sit and enjoy something it's got to be funded from somewhere Often when people are getting started, that's funded by the creator, but that can only happen for so long. And if you want more of that and you like you and you're taking a creator away from earning money elsewhere, yeah, then yeah. someone has to be paying for it. So either you as the audience are gonna pay for it or a brand can pay for it. So if you don't want to be paying for content, you just want to be consuming it for free, you've got to realize that someone out there has got to be paying for that. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure, for sure. And I think that the nice thing about doing food stuff is that the people that want you to share their products, you know, sometimes you might not necessarily have used them before. Sometimes they send them over and they're really good. You know, I won't promote anything that I wouldn't use. And I'm quite, when it comes to cooking, I'm not, I'm not, this, I, I never say, oh, I wouldn't try cooking that. So like I've just done something for, um, a company that make paneer cheese yeah. and I hadn't cooked a lot with paneer cheese before but like doing videos for that company and working out recipes and coming up with recipes to, to make that nice and then putting that stuff out and it's like okay it's kind of pushing their product a bit but it's for me I don't feel massively like I'm doing this sort of selly out thing because it's it is actually so similar to the normal content I put out anyway. Yeah. And and also the other thing is that with quite a few, like with the Morrison stuff, they just said, We like your videos, use Morrison's products, and it's good content for them to have, I guess. Like they can share yeah. it on their page and it gets some good good interaction. But I like the fact that on the whole now when I've got people approaching me, they know that there's this kind of, you know, it's not serious content at all. Like the recipes are good, 
and people will make them and I can guarantee that the recipes are tasty. But the way that I put the recipe across is is silly and it's meant to be fun. And if people come and they're like, you need to make this and oh, you need to do this and that and this and that. And it's kind of, and it becomes quite far removed from what I'm trying to do. And I just, I just wouldn't, just wouldn't do it. Yeah. I think that's the difference between selling out or not selling out, I suppose. It's that idea of, well, what would you do anyway? Like, as long as you're still making videos the way that you want to make them and you're still presenting it in the way that you want to present it, I suppose that's what matters. If a brand came to you and said, actually, I don't really like these silly jokes that you do and the way that you yeah, edit yeah. it can we make it look more like a jamie oliver video then yeah. it's then that's not you and then you can understand there why an audience might be like oh this isn't me but then in that case it's like that brand probably isn't the right person to collaborate with anyway because exactly. they're obviously exactly. not on your wavelength yeah it, i mean i i i can't really see like the the content that i make is all like quite a similar and I'm there are things that I'm going to try and like branch out into I want to do some sort of like reviewy type stuff in future but at the minute if you come on my page as a brand and you see that's what he's doing and then you think okay well we can make him do this then I think yeah. you've kind of missed the point of you know what I'm what I'm trying to do you know if unless it's got this kind of the same vibe to it and the same feel to it. It could be a, a different type of content, but unless it's got the same sort of slightly humorous vibe to it, then it's just not going to, it's like, can you imagine me trying to like, <laughs> yeah. do a serious, a serious video? Just like, right. Okay. So we're chopping this up like that. The only reason that, that people, you know, and I'm, I'm obviously very grateful that people do follow me, but the only reason that people do follow me is because they find the videos educational. Yes but also entertaining. And I would say that there's probably a good portion of the people that follow me that don't actually give a shit about the food at all. So, you know, I, you kind of... People missing missing the trick sometimes is just... It just doesn't really make sense. We quite often talk about how there's like different types of content and what types really succeed. I mean, generally say if it's educational, entertaining or inspiring then that's a good piece of content. And if you can get two of those together, then that's a really great piece. But I feel like yours actually generally hits all three because it actually inspires people to actually go and cook stuff. Like we've cooked things before that you've put on your feed and it's like, that's actually- Oh, what have you done? Uh, we did a, a pesto lasagna. Oh, nice. Yeah. And it was yeah. great. Um, the, only, the only thing is my girlfriend was like, there's no uh, measurements in this. So we just kind of had to like absolutely wing the whole thing. Um, yeah, but, yeah. That's, that happens a lot because I, I kind of do that. I don't, my, I don't have a website yet and I'm hoping to have more detailed instructions on the website. But I think with the videos and I think, you know, you're talking about the inspiring thing and people actually wanting to cook them. I think yeah. for a lot of people the reason that they want to cook them is because it, they find measure. I, I didn't really think about this at all at, at first, but I never use measurements. I always just sort of go by what I think or what I like or whatever. And I think that people actually find measurements very daunting sometimes. And then it. I think maybe it puts them off because they think everything's got to be quite calculated. Um, 
So I think, you know, like, you know, you wanted to kind of have a go and you're saying like your girlfriend was thinking, oh, there's no measurements kind of thing. I think there's like, it depends what type of, like how you like to do things. If you want it really structured. Is that where the, the recipes, not stress recipes came from? Yeah, well, yeah, I think so. I think the idea was just to, to do, the idea was always just to do stuff that people would could cook if they wanted to, not really... You know, there's nothing too fancy about the food that I cook. You know, I can try and make it look as fancy as possible, but at some point, you know, that would get to a, some somewhere where that's just not really the the kind of food that I that is me. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, and I'm not, I'm not, I, you know, I'm not a chef. I'm just someone that I'm now. a I suppose you could say a professional cook because obviously <laughs> yeah. I'm doing it full time. This is my profession, but you know, I'm just, when it comes to home cooking, that's the most important thing. Eating out is amazing. There's so many brilliant restaurants. There's so many brilliant chefs, but that kind of talent, I don't know. It's kind of like, this might be a really shit analogy, but it's the first thing that's popped into my head. You know, there's people that, you know, anyone can kind of like ride a bike, but not everyone can do like motocross. You know what I mean? Like chefs are like, they're like the full throttle, really extreme kind of, this is chefing. And then, but anyone, anyone can ride a bike. You don't know. And where, where is it kind of with me? It's kind of like, you know, I'm just sort of teaching people how to, how to ride a bike. Maybe, you know, it's something simple, something that anyone could do but they don't have to be scared to do. And I think that's the difference be- between maybe being in a in a kitchen, cooking, restaurant quality, restaurant standards, and just having really good home food, you know? You touched on something um, really interesting there of, of it's it's the reason that people follow you, a lot of them follow you just for the, the voiceovers and the comedy and everything and the way that you present it. And I think that's such an important point because what I'm what I'm saying to a lot of creators at the moment is like you've got to find that second thing because yeah. it's like if you do realistic pencil drawings we've seen that now we've seen it so many times if you do italian cuisine we've seen there's so many pages that are dedicated to every single thing there needs to be a second factor involved in your work because I saw it with with my stuff I was painting photorealism and it's like it's was of a high standard, but like that wasn't enough anymore. There was that that was already out there, and there was enough accounts that started early enough that people were following. And as soon as I started in, involving like neon into my stuff, then that was something new that people hadn't seen before, and that's when it kind of took off. So I think having that like and and for you, it's it's really it's just down to getting your personality over. Did you did you have any sort of like? fear of coming forward and coming on camera because i guess in the beginning you didn't know it was going to take off like it did and how many eyeballs were going to be on you i think it's less so when i'm doing my videos because i've seen that people like them on the whole the majority of people are, are very positive about them and the feedback's nice and you know you get the occasional person that's just like oh god what an annoying voice and that sort of shit. It's like, don't watch it then, dude. Yeah. No, I know, I know. I do. I always find it so strange when people comment like not kind stuff. Like, I someone commented the other day when Mob. So Mob will share one of my videos once a week, um, as like 
it's my content, but they're sharing it because obviously it's good for them to have have some other content. And I do work very closely with them now. And um, and someone commented the other day. Is there any way that I can get this recipe without the poor man's Matt Berry or without the shit man <laughs> Be- Matt Berry um, style voiceover? And I just saw this comment and I was like, yeah, all right. Just set, like, send me a message, like DM me, like I'll, I'll give you the recipe. And then this guy <laughs> was like, oh, I feel bad now. But it's like, you know, uh, it's kind of like, I was, what do you call, I was either, it was either going to be, okay look i'll just give you the recipe if you're going to comment something like that or i'm just going to comment just fuck off like why why comment that why <laughs> why take some time out of your day to actually comment something that is like negative you like you, you just look at it and think no oh, it's not for me that's what yeah. i do instead yeah, of commenting yeah. something if i see some sort of content like i don't know one of kylie jenner's photos you know i'll look at it and be like Okay, that's nice. You've done a little partnership with some company. That's cool. It just pops up. I don't follow you, but it just pops up on the feed thing. All right, great. Crack on. (laughs) I'm not just. I'm not going to fucking. No, no part of me. I I don't understand the mentality. No part of me has ever thought. Yeah, do you know what? Oh, I'm going to give her some shit. Like just, just (laughs) go for it and and write a really horrible about anyone. So I don't. I don't really. Yeah, my favourite really new that. discovery is the uh, restrict option. Um, I don't know if you if you know about this, but um, so oh, yeah. you obviously can block someone, um, but if you restrict them, only you and they can see their comment. So they don't know that no one else can see what they've written. But essentially, they are just screaming into the void. I love oh, it. It's so really? useful. Yeah. So oh, as soon as I good. get something stupid, I just restrict them. Well, I don't. I I don't have. There's not. I haven't noticed a single person that just keeps coming back like a fucking spot or anything. You know, like. But there is. There's some guy that DMs me every now and again. Just things like your butters. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> like, and, and, but but he follows me. So and then the, I mean, this is another kind of thing that I don't really get. Like, he follows me and he'll like send me these messages, and I think, I'm not. I, you know. It's a weird, it's a weird phenomenon because obviously there are people now. Like I think just because I've got some followers and people, some people think, oh, that means that he's kind of well known or whatever. But like, there are people that will just send me a message like just to to get a response. And I'm really, I don't get loads and loads and loads and loads of messages, but like I'll try and respond to to every message if I can. And so you know, it's not that. If someone gives me shit, I'd always just kind of like, that's not very nice. Or, or my mum says I'm handsome or something like that. <laughs> but yeah, it's a, it's a very, it's a, it's a bizarre when people think that they can just, yeah, cover that shit. But in answer to your question, my love of food um, came <laughs> from, um, I think, yeah, obviously everyone, most people like eating. And uh, my mum was quite a good cook growing up. And my dad keeps telling me off because I keep telling people on the internet that he wasn't a very good cook. But he actually <laughs> makes a fantastic spaghetti bolognese and a really nice turkey curry with leftover turkey from Christmas. So big up, big up him on that. But um, yeah. The, That's the, the, a good the, idea. I've never thought of um, using the turkey for a curry before. Ooh, we always ooh, go yeah. like really boring with, with our uh, leftover turkey. My girlfriend's family do a curry with turkey every year. 
It's absolutely phenomenal. So the three things that need, like, with Christmas, I'll have my, my dinner. And then a lot of people like their Christmas sandwich on Boxing Day. I don't like that. I like to drink quite a lot on Christmas. So I like to have my lunch. And then I like to get to the evening, 7, 8 o'clock. And then I'll make a monstrous sandwich with like toasted bread, bread sauce, chopped up pigs in blankets, meat stuffing, veg stuffing, turkey, bit of turkey skin, then whatever weird cheese that you only get in at Christmas, fucking put some of that on there. Maybe a bit of gravy, bit of mayo, bit of cranberry. And it's usually like, oh, my mouth's really wet now. I'm so hungry <laughs> from thinking about it. But that, that's like the main thing. That will happen on Christmas on Christmas Day in the evening. The hot thing's cold in a sandwich. And then it's a turkey curry. But then what my mum does sometimes, she'll do like, you know, coronation chicken. But with turkey. And it just... I don't know how different it tastes, but it always tastes like it tastes better. And it's just like the three best things. I'm so excited for Christmas now. I haven't even thought about Christmas. This is really... Your Christmas content's going to absolutely level up. I would, you know, I was thinking about this and I was kind of like, I'm not filming a fucking video on Christmas Day, but I am definitely now going to have to do the whole Christmas dinner. Like, there's no way that I'm not going to, you know, maybe I'll get a few pictures, but, like, I, I, the last couple of years, I've I've done parts of the Christmas dinner, but, like, I don't like getting up at six o'clock in the morning to put the turkey in. Bless her, my mum, that's what she'll she'll do every, every Christmas. She's up in the morning getting the turkey and making sure it's going to have its three or four hours, whatever. But I might have to do that this year. We will see. Are you posting on any other platforms? Because that, to me, sounds like kind of a YouTube special. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I've, th- I have thought about doing YouTube, um, but I think I don't know. I don't really know. I'd quite like to, if it was going to happen this way, I'd quite like to transition from doing these Instagram videos to then doing something on telly or Netflix or whatever, and actually having my own kind of show because I, I do there's so many YouTube creators that I think are, are fantastic with food and I just think the way that I've I actually think the way that I've done it has not really on purpose but been quite different to the way a lot of people do it because I, I think a lot of people think YouTube straight away because it does lend itself to that you know my videos could easily be five minutes but I cut them down to between one and a half two and a half three minutes because that's what people on Instagram probably, that's their limit of what they will watch. Um, and I, I think, you know, doing YouTube could be quite a cool idea, but I don't, I don't know. I haven't really, it's, and it actually, it's probably a really good idea because I fucking filmed some of this stuff and there's like 25, 30 minutes of footage and I'm like, trying to cut it down to two minutes just so people will actually watch it. I mean, I think I would say, it, like, because you said how much you enjoy the editing process, I would think, like, I would say to you, if you hated the editing process, then mm. just stick to Instagram, cut it down, and then yeah. be done with it. But because you yeah. do enjoy it, maybe it's a case of, like, you get the quick hits on the IGTV, and then yeah. you get the long, the more long-form, because there must be stuff, because editing is so hard, and you're like, oh, that is gold, but... And but then you don't have to worry so much for a YouTube. Yeah, I think I'd have to. I would have to invest in 
well, I'm looking now to invest in some slightly better camera equipment because I've literally that has been every everything filmed on my phone, everything recorded on my phone. Like I do these little green screen things, but it's not a green screen. I can get rid of the white. And have you ever used Final Cut Pro? Yeah, you know you can do a a Luma thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah. That, so I'll stand in front of my slightly off-white wall. And that's why they always look really shit when I pop up. Because it's like me standing in front of the thing. And I've tried to get rid of all the wall colour. And then something on my body is kind of also almost white. that shape. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's just, you know, it's this kind of like... That's kind of lovely in a way. Yeah, it's this accidental lo-fi thing that has now become... What, it's your signature style. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, I wouldn't want to... To change that so much and i think that maybe if i were doing youtube it might be a bit different i don't i don't know i don't know that expectation for for high production values on youtube whereas you can kind of on instagram you can get away with the charm yeah, of that's it and, and i think it's really important to mention like to to kind of let's let's go over that point again like you've been doing videos since march and you've done everything on your phone. And I think for a lot of people who are listening to this, it's like you've you've probably got all of the technology in your pocket. It's just going to come down to the execution and the ideas. Mm. That are, That's it. That- it's all the phone stuff. But then I've just been lucky to have my housemate works. Um, he does production and stuff for MPs. He owns a company called uh, Westminster Digital. And they do like loads of... Um, pieces to camera and sort of social ads and whatever for members of parliament. Um, and, and they're trying to branch out and do other stuff. But he had this this copy of from work of Final Cut Pro and was just like, look, you can download it on your laptop. So I was lucky in that sense because it meant that I actually had the software. And I know that that software does cost a bit. Um, and I was And maybe if it was kind of like, oh, however much it is, I don't know, 100 quid, 200 quid. Oh, yeah, maybe I should buy that software. Oh, fuck that. I'm not spending 200 quid on software. So I've just, I have just been lucky to have that. But as you said, having your phone, that's it. You can do every all of the actual production you can do on your phone. But the post-production on my side, I don't know what free software there is out there. So on on the the free software thing, there are things like iMovie. If you've got a Mac, then that's free. And then like Windows Movie Maker, I think it's called on a PC. Like those are both free options. And I I edit all of my videos within Instagram on Reels. Oh really? Yeah, all of my videos mm-hmm. are just done within the app. Yeah, you can do that on TikTok. I know because I tried to do that on TikTok, but I, but TikTok isn't an app that lends itself to my type of content. I think because there's a very annoying between one and two and a half minute thing that all of my videos end up being longer than a tiktok yeah but not quite as long as a youtube video and that's why i think that you know igtv is is the way forward for me i think what's um kind of what i was saying before there is the fact that people are so willing to go and buy a new phone buy a new camera do all these different things but they're not willing to spend a couple of hundred quid on an, on the editing software that they need yeah and it's like, i think it's because it's just not something you can hold yeah you can you can't show off to your friends like look i've exactly. got this new editing software yeah, like, yeah people would be like yeah. whatever mate i don't i don't care guys i've just bought avid do you want to see yeah. 
no, <laughs> like, no, I don't. But you know, you know, I, yeah, I get what you're saying. I think, but I do think it's de- it is definitely that not being able to hold it in your hand and 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 say, look, look, look at what I've got, kind of thing. And but yeah, I mean, it, but it is so important, clearly, because if I did, I think if I was do, I, I mean, I never tried to use iMovie, but I just think obviously having Final Cut Pro uh, meant that I've been able to just cut the videos and add the other students. Yeah, it's always best to use what tools you have available. And like, if you've if that's the best tool you have available, then definitely go and use that. If you don't have Final Cut, then try and find something else to use that you can do to learn in the meantime. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. I suppose absolutely. learning the best soft, like, because that is professional level software. So learning that is a good investment. Yes, you might not be the best person in the world at it yet, but getting on, like learning it now is going to make such a difference. Like I started using Photoshop when I was like probably 11, 12 years old to edit pictures for MySpace. And that was like, just, I had to use it and it was the best, like, I, I think I downloaded like a crack copy of it or something and had it on my computer. Yeah, yeah. But I was what, just a teaching Lime myself. Job. Yeah, it was probably yeah LimeWire or Napster or one of those. Yeah, nice, things. nice. Yeah, love that. The thing everyone is trying to work out is like how to grow um, and like how to grow their account because obviously everything, all of these opportunities you're getting are coming in through Instagram and they're coming in because you've built an audience that's interested in your stuff. As this has only happened since March, are there kind of key um key things where you can kind of plot where things started to explode for you is there a certain video or getting shared by a certain account or like what would you attribute the success to obviously i'm putting in a lot of work and doing the videos and and that is something that i'm but i'm not going to say like i haven't been quite lucky in in some respect because like my girlfriend live next door to this girl that she was really good friends with this girl that lived next door to her and that girl was really good friends with the intern from mob kitchen and she followed the account when i was just making just doing pictures so when i did the video the first video she was like oh that's interesting whatever and she didn't really say anything but then after i'd done a couple of them i think she maybe suggested to Ben, who runs Mob, have a look at Will's videos. And then literally, like, the next... I got a message from Mob. So this is hilarious, because now, like, I work with Mob all the time. It's not, like, a big deal. But I remember, like, shitting my pants when I got a message <laughs> from Mob Kitchen being like, oh, my God, we love your videos. And I'm kind of like, oh, that's nice. And then I shat my pants even more. I changed my pants, put on a new pair of pants, and shat my pants again, because I got a message from them saying... This is Ben. Here's my number. Give me a ring. And I remember feeling all fizzy in my tummy and being like, oh, wow, what's happening here? And then he was like, the first question he asked me, and we don't talk about this, was, have you considered doing TikTok? And I was like, no, I fucking haven't. And then he was <laughs> like, um, look, can we can we get you to do a video for Mob and make like a Mob recipe and we'll post it on Mob? So I was like, yeah, all right, I'll give it a go. And I made a katsu curry burger and chicken katsu curry burger and that went out at like midday on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. And I gained 3,000 followers in like 12 hours. And then it just like kept going and going and going. I mean, I had, I think I had 800 followers or 900 followers based on it just being an account where I posted pictures of food. Um, 
and you know a lot of them were just like my mates or people that kind of like knew me anyway and then yeah when when that first mob share happened literally since then it's been like just on an upward trajectory i guess and you know we've done a couple of competitions because that's one thing that mob really used to um to grow their following and it, i think it's a really good thing to to do anyway that's you know if we're talking about how to grow an online following i think these giveaways things they you know it seems quite shit like oh you have to follow me and then you get to win this kind of thing but actually the way i look the way that i look at it now is that you we i've done these giveaways and like the first giveaway we did i think i i gained about 10,000 followers in maybe a day something ridiculous absolutely ridiculous and that's obviously because mob have got this following but and then when the giveaways finish you notice a real drop off and people will unfollow you because obviously you know they're not gonna they're not winning anything anymore but the one thing that is nice that has happened with me is that obviously it means that so many more people go to your account that maybe wouldn't have gone to your account in the first place and, it, you know, if you throw enough shit at a wall, some of it's going to stick. And that's basically not calling my followers shit, but you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that, that That is it. Like if, if you get enough people that come to your page, some of them are going to stick around because they like the content. And that's why, you know, I've I've got a lot of followers now because we've done these things. We've done a couple of competitions and there's now so many people that have actually decided, oh, actually, like, I really quite like this and this is this is helpful or, you know, inspiring or whatever. How, how do you run a competition? What's the process of, of doing that? Uh, so the way that we, the ones with Mob have gone was just being like, okay, this is the prize that you win. And what sort of thing are, would that be? Uh, so we did one, uh, which was like a thousand pound delivery voucher or something or like no it was it was delivery per month or enough delivery to last you a year or something like that yeah and that i think was, it's 150 pounds a month for a year yeah 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 something like that and then so we did that one and that was obviously you know mob they've got you know i now the i i have a business set up and it's a partnership with mob so, you know, it was very much in their interest to like see if they could build me up quite a bit. So they put obviously invested that and it was kind of an investment in me. And this is what I'm saying, you know, this doesn't, that doesn't happen to all, you know, creators and, and things like that. So I have in that respect just been lucky. But then the other edge to that is, yes, that is lucky, but also all these people unfollow you afterwards, but it's, it's, it's a small fraction for me that that is nice that you know it's just a small fraction of them that go which yeah. is which is fine kind of thing obviously like with the idea of luck like we generally say on the show there's no such thing as luck because it's like if you made shit content those people wouldn't stay at all and that initial couple of videos you made that was a friend of a friend of a friend that got passed on it wouldn't have got passed on if it was shit or it wasn't entertaining and like, because that person who passed it on probably follows hundreds or thousands of people on Instagram. And it was your videos that they chose to share with that person who might be interested. So I think with the idea of luck, you, it's always kind of worth rem reminding yourself, like, actually, it's the content that was winning there. 
if that wasn't good, then that wouldn't have got shared and you wouldn't be where you are now. Mm. No, yeah, you, know, you are right. You, I, I, I get exactly what you're saying, but like, obviously not everyone gets um, gets someone sort of taking them under their wing and being like, right, we're going to do this and and, yeah. and hopefully get you a load of get you a load of followers kind of thing. And so, but then, yeah, that's it. As you say, like there's 85,000 people at the minute that are still sticking around because they like the content and we haven't done a competition in, in ages. And actually the nice thing is now I've got people who I really like. So my, a guy who contacted me, um, a couple of months ago now, a guy called Alfie, who was, who makes knives uh, he's called Cabin Cabin Knives on Instagram, mm. and he makes these fuck. He's it, for him it was a lockdown thing, and he made me his first knife. He said, "Look, will you just give me a share or whatever." And I said, "Yeah, all right." And I was out in I was in Cambridge, um, having a few beers, and he sent me a picture of this knife, and I was a bit pissed. So I rang him up and I said, "Right, come to London, let's go for a beer." I, I'm so grateful. It looked amazing kind of thing. Anyway, he turned up and I'm thinking it's this, at first I was kind of thinking it's going to be this sort of old, old man that's quite lonely and <laughs> makes knives. And it turns out he's actually the same age as me, an ex-chef who's just started making knives in the cabin, which is where him and his mates used to drink at the end of his garden. And now he's got this knife business. And so he made me this knife. I thought, wow, that's amazing. And then he made me, another knife and and so I thought do you know what like let's do a giveaway because you know in the same way that mob kind of helped me get a bit more of a following this is also his business you know he makes these knives so why don't we do a little giveaway to see you know how that works and you know he has had the same thing where actually you get all this this massive following but then quite a few people aren't just following at the end of it to win a knife yeah they're following because they want to see what he's doing so i think you know competitions are are a massive way to to build to build a following and you know you don't have to necessarily give away loads of loads of shit or loads of expensive shit but you know you can if you can work it out and do it i think it's a nice way of of building a following and and as you said you know seeing if people actually will stay following you after a competition is testament to whether or not what you're making is good or worth worth yeah. sticking around for yeah it's kind of like the whole exit through the gift shop mentality of like how every place you ever go you have to leave through the gift shop it's like most people will just walk straight through it and be like i'm not interested but you will get yeah. people who something yeah. catches their eye there and then they stick around yeah no for sure yeah that's it i think it's it's lovely that you're paying it forward as well um, that you're you've been you've kind of got this audience now and you're like right well who else can I help and I think that's it's it's a great business tactic <laughs> yeah well no it is because it kind of with the competitions as well like you know I gained a, a couple of a couple of followers from it and it helps to to grow but it's just I guess you know I've had this I do think that some I you know with this whole luck thing and, and everything I do feel like obviously the content that I make is something that resonates with people and they do want to watch it but I do feel like being exposed to so many people um has has happened and I'm and I'm very grateful for that so I guess I kind of think you know if I can do a do a favor and help out to someone that I think makes something cool or is worth 
is worth following, I guess, then being able to do something like that is is a, is actually a really nice thing. So yeah, you know, and he the fucking knives this guy makes are insane. Like they're beautiful. He's so talented, and also I think because he set his thing up during lockdown, that also really hit yeah. me because it's kind of like oh wow, like you know that you're doing the same sort of thing that I'm doing. So yeah, the the getting shared thing I think at the moment is like I I don't bother with like hashtags or anything like that. Like obviously they they have their place and they can work and you might get two or three followers, but when you're talking about like so you getting the three thousand um, follows just in a big lump, like that happened to me the other day. I got posted by um, a giant meme account um, called Puberty that has like twenty six million followers. Um, and so in one day, my account went up 3000 followers. And, um, and, and so I just sent them a message going like, look, thanks so much for posting this. Like, cause they just randomly found, they, they found one of my TikToks actually and posted my TikTok, but they tagged me in. So my Instagram got, got the rub from it. And I just messaged them afterwards. Like, like, thank you so much. Cause you don't understand like how powerful this is that you've done this. And then they wrote back and were like, oh, anytime you have a video that you want us to share, just send it over. I was like, fuck, I've got like a free ticket for 3,000 followers every single time I... Yeah, it's But it's just through... That just came through like being grateful i didn't i wasn't messaging them with the expectation for them to keep posting my shit it was just yeah, like no definitely i think being grateful thing, and saying like, thank you I, I also think there is kind of um an element of it's not necessarily don't ask don't get but it's like if you message someone because you are grateful that that is something that can can happen and it's not like you have to message them because you're expect it's never an expectant thing you know, it's just kind of like if you don't try and get in contact with people who you respect or, or have done, so, you know, something nice for you kind of thing, then you're a, well, I think you're often if you don't if you don't say thank you or whatever, then I think it's it's kind of impolite. But then if they come back and say, oh, right, well, you know, let's work together or something like that, then that's like that's the best case scenario. You know, what I mean, and that is all. That's only something that can happen if you actually contact people. I think that the hardest thing with that is, um, like, your notifications move so quickly. It's like I can get shared by places, but if I don't check Instagram within fifteen minutes, then I won't see it. And unless I've actually been physically tagged, I fucking hate that. It drives me insane. Yeah, no, that's it. Yeah, I, I really, really, really annoying because I, you know, I, I try not to. Well, I'm on my phone quite a bit now, obviously, but more more than I was before but if I do not go on like I'll check my every now and again I'll go on like my tagged photos and I'll see that like there's been someone that's made like one of my recipes or whatever and I feel like a bit of a dick because I didn't immediately respond saying like oh wow nice you know but now I just I'm just got to check check back and I know that if I know that if I don't respond to someone it's not because I've deliberately not responded to them it's more often than not just because I haven't seen what they've done so I can sleep at night. So do you do you script out your videos or do you just record everything and then chop out the good bits and see what happens on the day kind of thing? So I'll have the idea of a recipe and the different parts of a recipe, record each part, cut that down to between three and five minutes usually, write the voiceover, like watch it through and write the voiceover as I go and and then 
record the voiceover, stick the voiceover underneath and then cut it so that it fits the voiceover. And then I'll watch that through, add all the captions and then I'll then think, oh, can I add something else? Like just something a bit A little weird. bit of seasoning. Yeah, exactly that. Exactly <laughs> that. So that yeah, no, that's that's basically it. It's it. I, I've got this process now, and it's actually a bit of a shitter now. It's getting bigger because it means that I've got this formula for editing that that if I need to get someone else to help me so that I can actually be putting out more stuff because I've got such a like this is my process. It, it I just don't think it would it would work as well. Do you think you'll do that? Like like grow out a team yeah i think i I think i will have to eventually but i've got a lot of mates that that work in in you know production and 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 do know how to edit and stuff and i think i'd rather do it as something with people that i know already obviously um and you know the fantastic thing is that i would obviously be able to pay them but you know everyone likes being paid as part of it in food so that actually, you know, I, I know that there's a couple of times I've got a mate who's at uni in at Ravensbourne doing film. And I've said to him a couple of times, like, I'll pay you like 20 quid or whatever to come around and help me with this thing for an hour. But also you do get a free meal. So, you know, I think people, that's, that's an interesting thing. And it's interesting with Mob as well, because they make so many food videos each day that a lot of that food can't get eaten. Whereas with me, part of the reason that I'm, putting on quite a bit of weight at the moment is because I actually don't want to waste anything. I do have to eat everything I cook and I don't have a team. It's just me and my housemate who helps me quite a bit usually and my girlfriend who helps me quite a bit usually. If she's not here and he's not here, I'm eating for four. So you know, <laughs> it's, just, it's just the way how, it's happening. How long does it take to shoot a video from start to finish as in the full editing process? Oh, uh, so the night before I... So I usually I film the video while I'm cooking and that'll take I don't know uh, depends what I'm cooking like I did a roast dinner the other day that was like an hour and a half two hours but most things it'll be like half an hour 40 minutes have all the footage take the pictures make it look nice whatever eat it enjoy it then go on my laptop put all the footage on there uh, I guess the editing process usually takes another sort of, I, I usually spend from let's say nine till three doing a video with, with maybe a break for lunch where I also <laughs> film another video. Um, yeah, I mean, probably it's about, I'd say it's about a day and a half to, or a day to get from start to finish. Yeah, like 12, 12 hours turnaround maybe. And how many videos do you put out a week? Uh, quite a lot, I think, like three or four. Yeah, it's, it's quite a few. Like I've got at the minute... I haven't actually got any edited. It's really annoying because in my head I think, oh God, I've got nothing to put out. But the way that I've started doing things is I'll post a picture one night and then the video of the picture the night after. And then if I have to post, if I don't have anything, and I, then I'll just post something I cooked a while ago. I'd just be like, this was really nice or whatever. But the, the formula for me now is cook something, do the video, I'll get to work on the video, and then post the picture of what I've cooked the night after and then usually by the night after that, the video is ready. So I do, it's kind of like a little teaser and then the video and then a little teaser and then the video. So it's usually, yeah, that's usually how it works. 
I love, <laughs> this is a really stupid statement. I, I love life. Um, <laughs> I, That's good. I love, <laughs> I love how like just different things can like crop up in our lives. And if we are willing to kind of follow that direction, like this just came up, like if, if there hadn't been a lockdown, you probably wouldn't be doing what you're doing right now but you've just kind of chosen to ride this wave and see where it takes you and just be open to opportunities that have come along and I I just love that I think it's dope yeah I mean where I was working before a girl left who was doing the social media and PR and I was meant to be taking over doing that and then I was also having to come in every now and again when there was like clients coming in and it just kind of got to a point where it's like okay do I try and balance or do I sort of dive in? And I was kind of like, well, I might not get the opportunity again. It might not be a better time to do it ever again. So if I can't put all my effort into it, it might just fizzle out and it might do that anyway. But, you know, I've got more, I've developed skills now, I guess. <laughs> like I'm, I know how to build an Instagram account or I don't know, but an edit and I've, I learned how to, you know, do pretty basic production. So, you know, I, I think no matter what happens, I'll, I'll be, if everything went shit, I would probably be in an okay position. Fingers crossed, touch wood, but hopefully it doesn't go shit and I can just, you know, carry on and, and yeah, hopefully do something a bit more presentery, focused on food, interviewing nice people and and that sort of stuff. Because I think that, the, that food and culture and comedy and all of the things that I really love, all of that kind of marries together. And there's always always been good food shows, you know, like Fuck That's Delicious with Action Bronson. And, you know, when Matty Matheson did like Dead Set on Life and Keep It Canada and 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 those kind of things but then you've got like Keith Floyd doing just turning up in a city and and exploring and cooking things and I just think you know that kind of content is 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 good tv and it's it's good things that I'd like to watch and I think you know the, the dream would be to have a show kind of like that where maybe I do a bit of cooking and I do just meeting meeting nice people eating nice food drinking nice booze and just you know but putting it out there for people to to do the same kind of thing and making it accessible i guess um and that is the end goal i think it's coming man you are a talented young man let everyone know where they can find you online at what will he cook on instagram www.whatwilly.com Boom. Thanks so much, dude. Thanks, mate. Yeah, really fun. <laughs> this has been great. Yeah.